This is Joy. And this is Claire. And this is Joy and Claire. A weekly podcast talk show about the things that bring us together. Make us happy. Make us whole. Make us human. Hey guys, this is Joy. And this is Claire. And this is Joy and Claire. Happy almost November. You know, it's hilarious (laughs) to me that for the last like six weeks, you've been being like, it's Halloween. And then this is the week where that would actually be I'm over it. true and you're like happy yeah. almost november like no well joy is two weeks ahead of us <laughs> i am and you know why you know why i'm so obsessed with the dates right now is because we're turning cadet in soon so the anticipation is horrible i just want like i don't want it over but i just want it over and now i'm realizing as a puppy raiser if you've done it before like i just i the anticipation is killing me so i'm just like Watching the calendar, but trying not to watch the calendar because all the puppy raisers are like, try to just enjoy this time. Don't grieve her loss yet. Like, try to just enjoy it. And so I'm like, yeah, but okay, this is the last week. Like, you're just doing November 12th. And you're like, just doing this countdown. So it's hard not Mm -hmm. to do a countdown. I feel like my dad, because my dad does this all the time whenever there's like a big something or if they're going on a vacation he just sits and counts the days and then he'll be like two more days and then one more day so i'm like that is why i'm so freaky about the dates right now i'll get over it once we're out of the woods with turn in but <gasps> it's heavy on my heart you guys it's heavy on my heart okay so for this episode we asked for some last minute like give us your random questions on instagram and somebody asked if you guys are going to get another puppy and you spoke about that for a second yeah. a few weeks ago but yeah briefly I'll just cover it is we are definitely looking to get another puppy the puppy raiser wait list is pretty long so if you're kind of like in the groove with puppy raising for canine companions they uh require you to kind of like get on the list right away meaning if we wanted to do like a succession of puppies where it was just like we got one pretty quickly after we turned cadet in I think we would have had to apply way earlier this year or the end of last year. So we haven't applied yet, but once she's turned in, Scott and I were like, yes, we want to get back on the puppy raiser list. There's also a way that you can be what's called a finisher, which sounds very weird. So there's puppies that go into the prison and there's a prison puppy raising program that will that also needs the puppies to be outside getting socialized and have like the outside experience and outside world experience. So there's puppy raisers who will do finishing for the dogs. And so if that's something that I can get on that we can do sooner, then we'll ask if we can be a finisher for a dog. But the answer is yes, we definitely want to do this again after everything we've gone through with her and just the experience has been so positive. You know, it's hard work, but just so rewarding in so many different ways. So we're, we'll keep you updated. Very cool. And so what is the turn-in process? And I know we'll probably talk about this five more times before that. Yeah, but. <laughs> five million more times. Um, as I know it so far, and it has changed uh, since COVID, what they used to do and what I actually experienced is when I graduated with JT, they have this huge graduation ceremony where all the puppy raisers bring their puppies for turn-in and they have like this huge parade kind of like turning in your puppy. They make a big deal out of it because I think it's like, their way of saying thank you and recognizing puppy raisers and kind of giving them the attention they deserve. It's really cute. So then they give them like these graduation gowns and it's, it's pretty adorable. So they have, they call it the matriculation for puppy raisers. And then on the same day, they have the graduation for the dogs that just went through team training, which is what JT and I did. And then you get this, it like makes me cry thinking about it. But if you're, if, if cadet were to graduate, we would be invited to the graduation ceremony where then the puppy raiser hands the leash over to the graduate, like on stage, and it's really sweet and everybody cries. And so, you know, JT's puppy raisers did that to me where they walk on stage and they hand me the leash and everybody cries. You know, it's not like a dry eye in the house. It's very, very sweet. So that's kind of the big to do. Um, Now, I believe, and kind of what we've been told is that we go and we have to schedule a time to drop off the puppy. So we scheduled a time on Friday the 12th. We show up. And the nice thing is we're in touch with Cadet's sister. So we scheduled for the same turn-in time. So it's cute. We'll be together at the same time, which kind of gives me some comfort of like, oh, she'll be with her sister. Like, not that dogs know that, but like, I know 
like dogs don't really care. But I'm like, I care. So we'll be turning in with her sister Capri and her puppy raiser Dennis. And you meet with the trainer. So we'll schedule about probably 10, 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes to meet with the trainer. And the trainers, each trainer at Canine Companions is assigned like a certain number of dogs that they train through advanced training the entire time. So cadet will be assigned to a trainer, that trainer will meet us, talk to us, and then every month the trainer sends you a progress report to let you know how cadet is doing, how your puppy is doing. So that's when we'll know, like, these are her strengths, these are her weaknesses, this is what she still needs to work on, blah, blah, blah. And then at any time during this process, you could get a phone call and be like, she is not meant to be a service dog, Joy, do you want her as a pet? So um, that's what turn-in day will look like. So it'll be a little bit different. It's not like the big to-do that it used to be, which I'm actually fine with because the whole time I would just, it's it's like in between of ripping the Band-Aid, but also having like a little bit of time to like process and like hand her over to the trainer. But I have some friends that did it during COVID where it was, I'm like, this would kill me. They had to put the dog, like the trainers are up like by the front door and there's all these like kennels at the bottom (laughs) and you just put your dog in a kennel and then walk away. And because of the COVID, yes, because the COVID protocol was so strict during, obviously this was before vaccines. This was in 2020, you know? And so I, and this one of, one of the girls I follow her Instagram handle, I highly suggest you guys follow her. It's fostering puppies on Instagram. She's a, a canine companion's lifer like she has been raising dogs since she was 16 and she she's now like in her young 20s she's adorable she's raised a ton of cci dogs and she had to do that for one of her dogs in 2020 and i just remember one of her instagram stories she just like opened the kennel put him in and had to walk away and i'm like that that is truly a ripping the band-aid that i'm not sure i could handle (laughs) she like can't sit and like meet the trainer and kind of be like okay bye have fun good luck so that's kind of what it'll look like. And then we did schedule to just come home the next day because I don't think we're going to be in a place to want to hang out and party in California. So, yeah. Okay. So that's heavy in my heart, guys. A few more weeks. <laughs> it's a lot, a lot going on. Um, Today is Miles' birthday. We're recording this on Monday. So that's exciting. Happy birthday, Miles. Happy birthday, Miles. He's six. I know a lot of you out there have been listening since before he was even born. So if you guys... I feel like every mom says this about every birthday. It's like, I can't believe it's already been this long. I can't believe he's this old, but it really is crazy to think that he's been here for six years. And it's also crazy to think that like what we were, I was going through <laughs> on this day last year. Oh my gosh. Ugh. Um, I don't remember the episode where I told Miles' birth story at this point. It probably, I mean, it's an old, old, old episode of Girls Gone Wild, but yeah. the, the short version is that I went into labor on Friday night and he was born on Sunday afternoon. So <laughs> it was a long process. And please then, tell the story because I love this story so much, if you don't mind, about how the nurses were like, no, or I don't know who they were, but they were based the staff was like, you got to the hospital oh, and they yes. were like, no, you're not ready. <laughs> you're like, yeah, I'm not so leaving. <laughs> I, I went into labor on Friday night. I like labored at home until Saturday night. And then on Saturday night I finally was like, I'm exhausted. I need to go in. And for Evie, I had planned a home birth, but for Miles, I, I that was not on my plan. And so I knew I always was going to be going in. And so my doula was at my house, my mom and Brandon. And so we went to the hospital, all of us, and we got there. And I had been in labor already for like 20 hours. And they checked me and I was like at a zero. And if you have ever been in that situation, you know just how heartbreaking it is. And they were like, okay, well, you know, you can walk around. We'll check you again in an hour or two. And so I like walked the halls in the hospital for an hour and a half and it was so horribly brutal. And like now looking back, I know it was because Miles was like really not engaged and his, something was going on. Like my, my pelvis, there was like a bone to bone situation happening in my pelvis and it was horrible. And, and didn't he also have, there was like a separate sack that was preventing him from... Yeah, so his, like, the way that his amniotic... The way that his placenta was set up was, like, it had, like, an extra lobe, I think. And it was, Mm -hmm. like, anyway. So he never was able to drop. Yeah, yeah. And so, anyway, he was just not interested in being born. And so then, you know, afterwards, after I walked around and was just, like, horribly in miserable pain, they came back. I came back in the, you know, the triage room. They checked me again. They're like, you haven't moved... And they're like, so we can give you like some painkillers and just send you home. And I was like, I am not leaving here without a baby. What are my other options? (laughs) 
change that like, answer. Okay. <laughs> so they admitted me and gave me some morphine. And the morphine was supposed to like, no one, like the nurses 100% did not think I was really in labor, even though at this point I was 41 weeks. And they were like, okay, we're going to give you morphine. And they gave me morphine. And it was a, like, I think they were trying to kick me out of what they thought was false labor. And uh, it didn't kick me out. It just like made me groggy, but I was still having contractions. Oh, and at one point the nurse came in, she was like, you weren't supposed to still be having contractions. And I was like, lady, what? I don't know what to tell you. Else do I have She to was say not my favorite. My body. Yeah. And then my midwife was really great. And she came in and was like, okay, you know, like, let's, what do you want to do? How do you want to do this? I got moved into a room that had like a, a tub. Yeah. And then the next morning, labored all night. The next morning, I finally, they checked me again and I still was at like a one. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like I've been in labor for 35, whatever hours I'm exhausted. I'm at, and like right right before she checked me, she was like, okay, let's talk about this. Like, what's the plan? And I was like, if I'm not going to be pushing in the next hour, I need an epidural. And she checked me. She was like, so you're at a one. (laughs) She's like, so, you know, it's not super likely you're going to be pushing the next hour. And I was like, okay. I want drugs, which was fine. Like I just, right. I, I feel like this is so common for yes. first time pregnant people where you have this vision in your head and you're like, I'm going to do it natural. This is what my body was made for. And I agree with that. I, I mean, you know, I went on to have a home birth with Evie that was unmedicated. And that was also, honestly, that experience was so much less intense than, you know, going through the whole thing with miles. And so anyway, I don't think there's anything wrong with having those beliefs about yourself because I think they're true. And I think that it's setting yourself up for thinking like, I can do this. My body knows what to do. And then if you don't have that experience, it really can kind of cause a ton of self-doubt and a lot of doubt in your body, which I went through for years after having miles. So then the, the midwife was like, okay, well, like shift change is about to happen. If you want an epidural, like you have to get it right now. And I was like, yes, great. Like, I'm just going to go to the bathroom. So go in to go pee. And the, the anesthesiologist comes in the room and I'm in the bathroom and he's like, is she in there? And I'm like naked in the bathroom, just peeing. And I'm like, hold on. I'm kind of like, do not leave. Don't I knew, you dare leave. Yes. I knew that if he walked out of the room, like I wasn't, he was, you know, a, a new anesthesiologist wasn't going to come back for like another couple hours, probably after they did rounds and everything. It's like, get him in here right now. And the guy was, he was like, okay. <laughs> and I have, Never in my life felt the felt more relief than when I got that epidural. Like Ugh. ten out of ten would do it again. Ten out of ten. It was great. I loved it. Um, yeah, the mouse was born like four hours later. They put me on pitocin, and I went from a one to a ten in four hours. God, and I just so, remember you telling me that your hands were sore the next day. Oh my gosh! Yeah, my whole <laughs> like body, my- like my tra- my biceps were sore from just like. Bearing yes, down so hard everything like is squeezing. everything is clenched. You're like yes. my hands were sore. Like yes. God. And the next day I was like, why? I was like, this feels like if I hadn't at the time I was like, man, if I haven't, if I had not been a CrossFitter and been used to this amount of soreness, I would be really alarmed. <laughs> I feel like something like, something is going on. This is very concerning. Yeah. If I so, hadn't done thirty back squats in a row right, at one point in my life. Fran, <laughs> so that was that's the the nutshell story of Miles's birth, and now he's six, which is crazy. And so then, of course, the other big thing, right, was that it then kicked off a about eight months of really horrible postpartum depression. And so I always want every time I talk about my birth story with Miles, I always want to bring up that postpartum depression happened to me. It can happen to anyone. It has nothing to do with your birth story. It really doesn't. You know, my, I was healthy. Miles was healthy. There wasn't any, like, I mean, it took a long time, but there was not any like trauma associated with it really. And I think that that's something that people have a misconception about that. Like if you have a quote unquote normal, healthy birth, then that, you know, people think postpartum depression only happens if you've had a a birth trauma and that's not the case. If you go back, there was an episode that we did a couple of years ago that I did a couple of years ago with Noelle from Coconuts and Kettleballs, where she talks about her postpartum anxiety. And I talk about my postpartum depression. Maybe we'll link to it in the show notes, but that's where I really go in, go deep into what happened, how it felt, what I did. But the thing I always tell my new mom friends is like in the first couple of weeks and really like the first month, it's really normal to not really know what day it is, not really know, not really remember, you know, did I eat? Did I not eat? Not really know what time of day it is because you're up all the time. But it's not really normal to not feel like you're present in your life. And that's sort of like an amalgamous way to describe it. But I think if you've ever been there, you understand what I mean that like it's it's normal to not really know what's going on. It's not normal to feel totally detached. 
And I wish that that was a distinction that someone had told me that like, hey, it's you're going to feel tired and confused, but you shouldn't feel detached if you and, you know, shouldn't is a strong word. But if you feel detached, that might be a red flag. And that might be something you want to talk to someone about and just kind of get your feet back on the ground a little bit. I wish that someone had like, I think I tried to voice a lot of the what I considered to be red flags but didn't really know how to advocate for myself. And a lot of people around me were like, yeah, of course you're tired. You're confused. Like you're overwhelmed. That's normal. And I wish someone had said, but do you feel like your future still exists? And I would have been like, no, I don't like, I feel like this is my life now. I feel like there's, you know, it's never going to, I've lost myself. I there's no way to ever find myself again. Yeah. I think that for me, like it's different for everyone, but for me, that was the distinction was just feeling so detached and so, certain that my life would never be like, would never feel normal again. That can happen also like for me, postpartum depression happened pretty much immediately, but it can happen anytime. Technically, I think the diagnostic criteria is anytime in the first year, but I've definitely had friends describe what I would consider to be postpartum depression well into the toddler years. So that's my, my plug for postpartum mental health and resources are out there and you know, don't just wait until your six week checkup where you fill out that little worksheet. That's like, have you been sleeping more than normal? And you're like, I don't sleep. Why are you asking me these dumb questions? Yeah. The questionnaire is not super thorough. And I wish more medical professionals were trained in at least just kind of having a mental health professional intervene at that point, just to at least kind of do a little more thorough evaluation. And six weeks is a long time to wait for an evaluation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Yeah. I will link to some resources uh, for postpartum mental health uh, on those show notes. And then also Nikki Brazier is going to be on our Girls Gone Wad episode this week. And she's going to talk. It's a part two because the part one was we just got to talking. So we had to do a part two. And she's also going to talk about her experience with postpartum anxiety. So make sure to listen to that one. But all that to say, we're really happy that Miles is six. He's so great. Like six has been so, you know, kind of getting out of five has been so fun. I feel like he's really coming into his own and is just becoming so much more aware of the people around him and their feelings. Mm -hmm. And like, he's really starting to, you know, not worry about other people, but just notice them and notice how his actions really affect other people. And like, it's just been so great. And kindergarten has been wonderful for him. So I'm really grateful for that. And he's just so funny. He's like so goofy, but not like hyper. I feel like there a lot of little boys his age are like goofy hyper. He's like just kind of this soft-spoken goofy that makes it so funny. <laughs> That's the best kind of funny. It really is. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. So for this week's episode, we like I was You saying, also we have asked, some other big news. Oh, well, share. we'll get to that. Hold on. Okay. 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 I have some big news to share. Okay. We'll get to that because somebody asked a question that I was like, I know Joy's like, Claire, <laughs> I always forget to, so at the beginning, before we hit record, we're always like, okay, what are we going to talk about? Let's get sort of an overview. And then half the time we end up forgetting half the stuff we talked, we said we were going to talk about. But I asked on Instagram mere moments ago for some random questions and you guys have really delivered. And one of them is what is the biggest change in your life recently? So Joy, do you want to take that question first? The biggest change in my life recently was getting a new job. Um, I mean, obviously, I feel like this whole year, you know, I, I'm going to make this super brief because I, I want you to talk more about yours. But I, I was reflecting on just this morning on this year and how 2020 was hard on all of us. It was really difficult. No question there. And for whatever reason, I was expecting 2021 to be a little bit of a relief. I think we all were. It just threw my whole life upside down, you know? I left my job. We're turning in cadet. That was a big, that's been a big thing for us of having her in our lives. And Scott's probably going to change his job too. Like that's kind of in the works right now. And so the, these big, big changes that were pretty unexpected. And what I would think is a pretty, like two, actually a lot, you know, there's also a big loss in my family this year. And these are things that you're just like reminded that you just never know what the frick life is going to throw at you. But as far as like the change recently, I just have to, you know, that's probably the new job. And I think collectively just changing jobs because I cannot stress this enough. Going from that 90 miles an hour to 30 has completely changed my life perspective of what is important to me 
and health and wellness and kind of all of that collectively. So that is my answer. That's my non-answer answer. And my answer is that I also got a new job. Woohoo! Yay, big really year. Hope, as you were talking and you were like, I'm gonna let you get to your news. I was like, I wonder if people out there are, about to, are thinking about to say I'm pregnant. No, I am not. No, no, thank you. I am getting a new job. So a couple of weeks ago, we were posting on Instagram about like how there are so many rounds of job interviews to go through. And I felt like that was my post, but I was like, this is great because I don't, you know, Joy, everyone thinks it's Joy because like Joy is really open about her job posting. Totally. I still, you know, I'm leaving my current job on very, very good terms. I really, really, you know, this is the first job I've ever left where I didn't have this feeling of like, I have to get out of here right now. Like I really am, you know, sad to be going and I'm really excited for my my next opportunity. Um, I'm still going to be doing marketing. It's in the outback and the outdoor industry. It's a pretty well-known brand. I feel like today I'm not going to share which brand it is, but I will probably eventually. And um, yeah, I'm just really excited. It's a company based in Denver, but it's all remote and hybrid and still in the marketing world. And um, I start next Monday. So when you guys hear this, I will have just gotten back from two days at a trade show in Las Vegas. So I, I cannot coast in my final week. I have to go still to a, a trade show. For Which I have days. to say last, like the last few days or week of, of, of a job coasting is really the best. And I really it wish is, you would I have had that. I can't get it. I can't do it. I know I'm, I have to go. I have to get up at four o'clock tomorrow morning and get on a Southwest flight that I forgot to check into. And now I'm in group C. I hate that so much. Just yes, can you get it. the upgrade? Just get the upgrade. For real. <laughs> I've done that before. So, I'm just like, just screw so, this. Oh, I normally do it. And then I just am out of practice. And I'm so annoyed. So anyway, I'm going to go to Vegas. And that I also hate Vegas, but whatever. And going to go to the straight show. And it'll be fine. It'll hopefully make the week go by a little bit faster. And my last day will be Friday. And the next Monday will be my first day with my new job. And I'm really Ugh, excited. Congratulations. Big changes. Yay. That's so exciting. Yes. Hashtag um, girl boss. Hashtag girl boss. No. <laughs> hashtag still working for a large corporation because I want benefits and not to be my own boss. Benefits are great. You know what? That's that's a big reason I wanted to get a job with a company is I was like, I just, I don't want to, I'm not there yet. Maybe some point in my life, but. I feel like a couple of years ago, I had a post about this where it was like, you know, I think that on Instagram, it can be so easy to look at all these other people and think that like everyone should have this goal of being their own boss. And everyone's like, I can't believe I spent so much time in the nine to five. Now I'm my own boss. And I, you know, and it's so glamorized, so glamorized to be an entrepreneur. And if that's your path, then that's great. And totally. I tried it and I hated it. Yeah. Yes, I totally agree with that. And I also would like to know the percentage, if there's some kind of source out there, of people who are really, quote unquote, making it with their entrepreneurship. Uh, I guess maybe like influencers, right? Because I, I, I think of influencers as the ones who are kind of gl glorifying this girl boss culture. And I, I'm just like, and what's your 401k look like? Because is that through work? And is that through your business? Because I'd like to know I and I'm so great. Like I am super grateful. I have an amazing 401k nest egg because of my nine to five job when I that I started in my 20s and was there for 11 years and worked for the government, because they matched like more than what you give in the government. So it's like, those are the years that, yeah, I was doing a nine to five job, but right, you know, you're like, working for the man. Yes. And, and I, it's interesting. even like without, you know, even yes, benefits are important. Health insurance in America is such a crock. And like, so having it through your employer is a huge, you know, that's not nothing. It's not, not nothing. nothing. Even outside it, like take away all the perks. I still had such a hard time trying to be an entrepreneur. It was just not for me. Like I wanted that group environment. I wanted sure. to be a part of a bigger idea, you know, pool of ideas and pool of leadership. I wanted to feel like I had mentorship opportunities in my same field, in my same company. Mm -hmm. Like, and I'm not saying that those things aren't available if you're an entrepreneur, but they just, it's just a little bit different. And it was not something that felt like a fit for me. So I'm excited to continue to work my way up the corporate ladder. <laughs> yeah, I think that's great. And I think that's a good point what you said earlier. And I certainly am not trying to kind of put down the entrepreneur life at all. So everyone out there that's kind of doing their own thing. I think what I was trying, I'm trying to clarify is like, it's not all that it's cracked up to be that there's the grass is always greener. <laughs> that's really what I'm saying. So yeah, very exciting. Yay. Um, okay. 
Let's get into some of these questions. What is Claire's pie book again? It's called The Book on Pie. <laughs> highly, 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 highly recommend it. We already talked about if Joy will get another puppy after cadet. What's the best pandemic purchase you've made? This person says mine is a kitty. Oh, kitty. Do you have one? Did you? I mean, we did get a puppy. Yeah. I don't know if I'd say it was the best one. (laughs) She's a nightmare. Just ate your couch. (laughs) Okay. That's another question though. Someone was like, I want to hear about River eating your couch. Yeah, go for it. River ate our couch. We had to get a new one. We had this like crappy couch. That has a whole story behind it. So let me tell you. A couple years ago, I wanted that like deep green velvet couch that was all over Instagram in, you know, 2018 or 2019. I wanted it and I was like, I'm going to get it. Our living room is tiny. It needs a giant statement piece of furniture, which is incorrect, by the way. (laughs) The way to liven up a tiny room is not to put a giant piece of statement furniture in it. But I was talking to my stepmom, who's very into interior decorating, and she was like, Claire, you don't want a velvet couch. Like you, your kids are disgusting. You might get a, this was before we had a dog, but she was like, you're probably going to get a dog another time soon. Like velvet is not the fabric for this phase of your life. And she was like, and to prove it to you for Christmas, I'm going to buy you this like $300 version of the couch that you want. So it was this like kind of crappy, literally, I think it was $300 or less velvet, blue velvet couch. And sure enough, within a couple of weeks, I was like, she is right. Velvet shows all the snot, all the like yogurt that was on the face, all the like, because kids are just fluid. They're so sticky and velvet really just shows stickiness. And so I was like, all right, well, at least, you know, I'm glad for that lesson. And it's just still a perfectly good couch. So we're just going to keep it and kind of like limp along, not limp along, but just deal with having this sort of messy looking couch because I didn't buy it. And it'll get us hopefully through this phase where everybody's a mess. And then we got River and she one morning ate the corner, the front corner off of one of the cushions and all the cushions are attached. And so we couldn't like flip the cushion over. And then slowly but surely over the next couple of days, she just tore open that hole more and more until one morning I came out. And the way that our that it works is that River sleeps in a crate and Brandon takes her out on a walk in the morning. And then there's normally like a 20 to 30 minute window after Brandon leaves and before I get up. And we just give her a bone, like a big chew toy and let her just hang out in the living room. We get everything up off the floor. Like we take everything away that she could possibly chew on because we put her back in her crate. She barks and then everybody wakes up. I came out and she had just torn off the whole cushion. Like it was like a lid and had pulled out all the stuffing. So that was the end of that couch. And now it lives in our garage until free dump day, which is in like three weeks. <laughs> oh my gosh. River. I also don't want to pay like a hundred dollars for some like junk collection and go pick it up. Yeah. So then I found like a hundred dollar couch on Craigslist, uh, which also turned out to be a whole thing because this person had no memory of how she got it into her apartment. She's like, I don't know. My boyfriend did it. We could not get it out. We had to hoist it over the balcony. Wait, of her house? Of her apartment. Of her apartment. She lived on the second floor. And granted, the first floor was like a garden level. So the second floor was only like a half of a story. Sure. But we literally had to hoist it over her balcony because we could not get it out her front door. Oh, my gosh. I have. She was like, I don't know how they got it in. My boyfriend (sighs) did it. I'm like, did he assemble it in your apartment? She's like, I don't think so. I'm like, I think. Oh, my God. Like, I don't like maybe you got it in through the back Mm -hmm. of the balcony. Like she wasn't the only way it could have happened is if they had taken off her front door, which maybe they did. Right, right. And she was like not into that idea for like two strangers coming over and being like, okay, we don't have to. And because the the post was like, you have to move it. And we like totally trashed her entryway trying to get it out of there, but whatever. So anyway, my best pandemic purchase was not a couch. <laughs> I would say probably the puppy. I mean, I feel like we didn't buy that much stuff during the pandemic. Yeah, I feel like I bought a kit of Dazzle Dry that I was really excited about back then because that was like, I don't know, $90 for nail a nail polish kit. And I'm like, that's kind of a lot. But at the same time, I remember thinking, I don't buy anything right now. And I like nail polish. But then I would also say I probably did buy like a good pair of leggings at Lululemon. Or I'm pretty sure I got a couple really good pair of like sweatpants from Joy Lab at Target. 
And I remember buying these things again, thinking like, I normally don't buy a lot of things. I try to like use what I have. So I try not to have like an excess of clothes. And I do like the one in and one out thing. But I remember buying these things being like, it's pandemic really got, well, I mean, I did, I was going to work. So I had like work clothes, but I remember like comfy clothes was kind of a, a big piece of the pandemic as all of us were just wanting to be comfortable and soothed by clothing. <laughs> so that's what I would say. Totally. Um, okay. If you couldn't drink coffee, what would you drink in the morning? Probably chai. I'd probably do like a chai, like a golden milk latte or some type of chai mix. I don't love the golden milk. I've want, I wanted to really? like, I've, I've tried to make it work. That turmeric taste is just like, I don't like it in a drink. Um, if I couldn't drink coffee, I probably just wouldn't drink anything in the morning. Like, I don't know. I have to have a hot beverage, though. I know. That's kind of the thing. Yeah. I probably would just drink tea. If you could have a drink with anyone, dead or alive, what would the drink be? <laughs> no, 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 wait. <laughs> this is... I did not see this coming. If you could have a drink with anyone, dead or alive, what would the drink be? This is from Tilly. Great question, yeah. Tilly. Tilly, way to just throw us for a loop. And Tilly. way to know what I actually want to answer, which exactly. is what I would actually <laughs> It's great. It's great. I mean, my go-to is a good glass of wine, like a Tempranillo. I like Tempranillo. I had this amazing grapefruit margarita over the summer, and I've just really been craving it ever since then. So <laughs> that would be, I would find, I would go back in time and have that grapefruit margarita. Yeah, Because like, then I went back to that same restaurant maybe a couple weeks later and I ordered it and it wasn't the same. So oh, I was like, whoever dang. that bartender was <gasps> that night. Oh, don't you hate that? Where it's yes. just like, it's so specific to the bartender, but I don't know what is going on with me lately. Maybe it's just that I don't really drink that much, but I, you know, in the past few years, if I even have a tiny bit of hard alcohol, I am done for the next day. I can feel it. And it's really sad because I'm like, I can't really rally even with one drink of hard liquor. So wine it is. <laughs> I've actually gotten that way with wine. Like I really? have gotten, if I drink wine, I get a migraine the next day. I was so mad one time this summer, pretty sure I talked about it, where I was at a friend's house and she was serving, you know, summertime, you want some like white wine, chilled white wine. I'm not a big white wine drinker. I don't like sugary drinks at all. It just does not taste good to me. And white wine is usually a little more sugary for me, like the to the taste definitely does nothing to do with diet. It just means like I don't, it doesn't taste good. I was just like, whatever, I'll just drink some white wine and it's what she's serving. And the next day I felt like crap. And I was just like, dang it, Joy, you're not that old. <laughs> Come on. Uh, but whatever, alcohol's stupid. You know, we don't need to drink it. <laughs> I know. I feel like my alternate answer to this would be, can it, can it be soup? <laughs> <laughs> how about some ice cream? How about a baked good? Yeah. How about a how about a milkshake? I actually can't drink milkshakes because of my <laughs> lactose problem. But. That's right. Um, people are really asking about drinks. What's the bougiest coffee drink to try? I don't know. Bougiest coffee drink to try. Her it says mine is iced. Mine is iced, iced americano, americano and chocolate and chocolate oat milk. And oat milk. The bougiest. I don't know because I don't like a lot in my coffee. So maybe it's like when you go to a place where they do the, what is it? The, the like super fancy pour over. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. That's probably what I would say. That's fair. I don't really have an answer to that either. Cause yeah, I don't like a lot of stuff in mine. I did get Cortados, which I feel like is bougie. <laughs> like I feel like ordering a Cortado. I'm like, um, yes, can I have a Cortado? I remember when, oh gosh, this drink is... it in my vintage Vespa. <laughs> The sidecar with a pug in it. <laughs> with sunglasses, with aviators on. With aviators on. And I have shoes with no socks. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I remember, oh my gosh, this was back at the DA's office. I'll never forget. Every time I would go to this Starbucks and I would say, can I have a soy, what was it? A, a coffee with steamed soy. Back then, that was just what I was drinking can I have a coffee with steamed soy? And every single time the guy would say, you mean a soy misto? <laughs> I'd be like, sure, dude. You mean a soy misto? <laughs> like, I don't know, dude. Just, yeah. Okay, just fine. Have to correct me every yeah. time. So funny. Do you mean a soy misto? <laughs> yes, that's what I mean. No, a, no, a coffee with steamed soy. You, sh you should have been like, no, it's different. No, that's not what that is. It's different. I know. <laughs> 
was so stupid. Oh, people and their coffee names. Okay. Birthday cake or birthday tacos? Definitely birthday tacos, obviously. Birthday um, cake. I'm yeah, go ahead. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Is it true that if you don't use it, you lose it? Depends. You know, I think about riding a bike. If you don't use it, it's just like riding a bike. <laughs> you get back on. And you... So muscle memories, it's, I would say muscle memory stuff is pretty strong. Maybe not. Maybe not. Because I think of, oh, Scott, bless your heart. But like, he always jokes about how like, we'll be walking by a basketball court and he'll be like, oh, I could go dunk with those guys because he used to play basketball. I'm like, you absolutely could not. You're going to pull a muscle. <laughs> like you're. <laughs> I'm sorry to say this. No, you could not. Your brain, and, and but I, it's the same for me. Like when I ever see dancers, I'm like, oh, I want to go dance. Yeah. But I'm like, no, I'm going to pull a muscle. I'm going to pull something because yeah. my brain 25, but my body is 44. So it's right. it's kind of like the muscle memory with some things. So maybe a light activity muscle memory. Riding a bike is light activity. <laughs> Otherwise, if you're like a professional athlete, you're probably going to use it or lose it if you don't use it. I'm thinking of this in like more abstract terms. And I think that generally speaking, there is a point of diminishing returns where like if you haven't used a skill or something in a long, long time, I think the short answer is that I will give is yes, it is true. How many pillows do you sleep with? Three. Wow. I only sleep with one. <laughs> I, you're gonna laugh. I sleep with my head on one. I put one over my head and then I hold on to a big one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I just sleep with the one under my head. <laughs> There's something about like heaviness on top of my head that makes me fall asleep. Oh, I don't, I can't. I'm like, well, I also sleep on my back. And so, oh, well, that would not be good. See, I'm a side <laughs> sleeper. Otherwise, yeah. you're going to suffocate. Yep. I would suffocate. You only have $30 to spend at Sephora. What are you buying? I am buying. A I'm pack. texting Joy to ask what to buy. <laughs> yeah, texting Joy. Okay, if I only had $30 at Sephora, I would buy a pack of their face wipes. So Sephora brand, I would go all Sephora brand because you're going to get like more bang for your buck. Sephora brand face wipes, preferably the charcoal ones. I think those are six to 12. Then I would buy a Sephora mascara or an eyeliner, one of their eyeliners. And then depending on how much those were, I'd get a pack of the Dr. Dennis face wipes magical peel that I referenced on last week's episode. That'd probably be around $30. Wow. Supermarket sweep. For real. And then if you had any extra, extra dollars, when you're going through the checkout line, they do a great job of putting sample size, travel size, everything to your heart's content. I think I would just go through the checkout line for $30. Checkout line, look Mm -hmm. for little trial sizes, but sometimes they're they're like so expensive where you're like, I can get a full size of this. The markup on those is ridiculous, but yes. There yes. you go. Um, where's the first vacation destination you want to go once the pandemic is history? Mine's pretty obvious. I want to go back to Kona so bad. Yeah. I really want to. I've been saying this this whole time. I really want to go to Scotland. I and I would. I would really like a beach. I like mm-hmm. a beach. Um, let's see here. Oh, this is a big one. Saying I love you for the first time. Stories, advice, fears addressed. I one time in college, I said I love you to my college boyfriend. He didn't say it back, and he never did. Oh. And okay. we were still together after that for like. <laughs> Probably for like six years or for six years, like six months. Oh my gosh. I'm watching Succession right now, which you guys, I'm obsessed with that show so much. If you have HBO Plus or HBO, whatever the app, it's great. It's one of the best shows on television. And there's a couple, a married couple, and they're going through some hard times right now. And the the wife is like, I love you. And he he just goes, thank you. Because he's so mad at her. It's like, it's kind of, I think Ross and Rachel had that for a while or something, or I think there was a Friends episode where he's like, thank you. And they're like, aren't you going to say it back? But I will, I will tell a story. I feel like I'm hesitant to share this. I might cut this out, but I'm like, it's actually really funny because when Scott and I were first dating, I was just very, I was like ready to be in a relationship, but I was super scared to be in a relationship. So I remember about three and a half, four months into our relationship, we took a trip to Phoenix together and he had to do some work there. And so I went with him and I was really nervous to go because I just was like, oh my gosh, this is getting serious. And I kind of like freaked out. And I <laughs> I remember him telling me he loved me on that trip. And I had just, I had I feared this so much because he watched this episode of... um 
Grey's Anatomy with me where one of the guy nurses was like, someone says I love you to him. And he's like, I just, when I say it, I like really want to mean it. And I didn't say it back to him at the time. And I was like, I just like, when I say it, I really want to mean it. And I remember thinking like, oh my God, did I just quote a line from Grey's Anatomy? (laughs) But eventually you guys, it turned out great. We love each other very much. But I just remember thinking like, oh my gosh, poor Joy, you're so young and damaged and you just literally quoted Grey's Anatomy to your boyfriend but that's Aww. a funny story <laughs> I will say okay so when I said it to my my boy, my boyfriend and he didn't say it back I was like devastated and I called and I told my mom <laughs> and my mom was like when oh, you say Carol. that to someone you are like giving them a gift and they and you can't expect anything in return and you just need to be okay with just giving them that gift and if they say it back to you then that is a, that's great, but like that can't be the expectation. And right. so that's good I, mom advice. Yeah, it is good mom advice. It is scary though. It is so scary because it's so vulnerable. It totally is. It totally mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Okay. Let's do some quick ones. What are your email styles? Are you an inbox zero or 28,000 unread messages person? What do you think? Inbox zero. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an, okay, I have both. I have mo- like uh, the, my junk account is like 28,000. And my, I mean, seriously, what, did it, what is it? Let me tell you. It's oh my like gosh. Thousands. What do you, just like your junk account, what you give for people that you don't want your actual email to go to? Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, it used to be my real account. And then over the years, it just like got so swarm of junk. And it's like my maiden name email. Oh, that's it right. It has 25,208 unread emails in there. Oh, that scares me so much. But it's like, they're all junk. And so, so why then don't you I just have, delete them all? Because that would take time. Why? Do, I mean, they'll just eventually go away. You can't select all, delete all. I mean, I could, but that I, those would be like, <laughs> that'd be like 10 seconds. I never get back. Like, why even bother? Oh, um, just still scary. There's so many emails <laughs> just sitting there. Who knows? Maybe I might need one one day. Cheez-Its or goldfish? Goldfish. I agree. I like the, I like the plain goldfish too. Mm-hmm. Favorite holiday and why? I do love Thanksgiving because of all the food. I do love Thanksgiving. Yeah. I feel like it's less pressure than Christmas because Christmas is all the gifts and the pressure to get things done. And Thanksgiving is just like, we're just getting together. We're eating a bunch of food. We're having a good time. We're watching TV. We're watching football together. We're watching movies together. And then like the hustle and bustle of Christmas happens. I think before I became a mom, my favorite was probably Thanksgiving. But now that I'm a mom, it's Christmas just because there's like so much kid magic and so many like so much decorating and like there's a lot more. I like that it's more drawn out. And that it's, you know, I think for the kids, it's just so much more fun. (laughs) If you had 12 big empty cardboard boxes, what style of box for it would you build? I would love to do a, like a snake type of maze. So put it in like a big, long tube and kind of like corn maze style where it just kind of goes all different waves. I think I would do like Lost Boys Treehouse style. That would be my, or yeah. Or recently we made it like a big cardboard rocket ship. That was cool. Um, What's your favorite color? (laughs) <laughs> my joke answer all the time is confetti <laughs> confetti and glitter anything glitter uh i do like red i think that i look good in red and i just like the color red i like nail polish red but not think, political party red <laughs> right. i think my hair color is purple like kind of like an eggplant purple oh yeah that's definitely you what was your favorite grade in school probably ninth grade I'd say any, I really liked junior high, you know, high school was so much fun too. But if I had to think back, the in between of, and for me at the time, seventh through ninth was middle school for us. I know it's like changed everywhere, but I love the transition of elementary to middle school where you're just like really figuring out who you are as a teenager, like that preteen into teen identity development sucks so bad, but that's when you develop some of your closest relationships. I remember having such a good time where you're still kind of a kid, but you're trying to be an adult. And whenever I see teens of that age kind of roaming around, I'm like, oh, you're you're in such a fun time in life, even though it's also so hard. That's that nostalgia, right? You're kind of looking back. It totally is. We're kind of looking back. Yeah. (laughs) You're looking back without like thinking about the, the hard parts of it, but it really was magical. 
I think I would have to say I loved my junior year of high school because I could drive and I felt like my whole world just like opened up and I had such a good group of friends. My home life was like pretty crappy. And so I just spent so much time like at school and I was really involved in my church and I was involved in choir. Like I was so like involved in things. It was so fun. I remember my mom and I were talking about this recently around when I was, uh, what was it? 16, 15. No, I was 16. And I was still driving with a permit. So at the time you had to have an adult with you to drive with a permit and 16, you could get your license in Arizona. And so I would drive, I had a permit, but I would just take the car and go to my boyfriend's house, even though it was only like a mile away. And my mom would let me go. And she was like, Joy, I can't believe I let you go. She's like, I was always so nervous of you getting pulled over. I was like, yeah, but I would just go. I'd be like, I'm not going to get caught. And I would just leave. What a brat I was. It's totally worth it to see CJ. Oh, CJ. Warm or cold desserts? Definitely warm. warm. I can't, my teeth are too sensitive for cold stuff. <laughs> I'm so old, lady. but Sensodyne all the way. And Sensodyne. Someone's asking for holiday gift ideas. I feel like we're going to have to do a whole episode. Whole episode on that. But we're going we'll to have to do get... it soon because of the supply chain issue. For sure. And then I'll get Scott to weigh in because he's the best gift giver ever. Sweet or unsweet tea? I feel like this is not a question in Colorado. Like that's not, that's not a dichotomy that we face. But I will absolutely unsweetened. I know that's probably really controversial, but I, yeah, I like sweet too. things. Yeah. Were there's hard candy, delicious or grandma treat? Grandma Both. treat. I don't, I don't I like, like them. them. I like them because of the nostalgia of them being a grandma treat. Sure. Do you think actors in drunk scenes are really drunk or just acting drunk? I hope they're just acting. <laughs> Unless you're watching Drunk History, which is one of the best shows on television as well. If you just want to sit and laugh at a brainless show, Drunk History is so funny. I would like to think that they're just acting drunk. I once read somewhere, I would like someone to clarify this, and I could probably Google it. Another thing I could Google, but I'd rather you tell me. Is it illegal to drink alcohol on television? Meaning, I read somewhere a long time ago that they can't drink actual alcohol on TV. Why would that be illegal? I don't know. I mean, I could see it being I wouldn't like a say, liability. Maybe, maybe not illegal, but they're not allowed to. Or maybe the networks didn't allow it. That was yeah, back that in the 80s, like, guys. Yeah, that this sounds like a lot. Like, a you know, you can't show, like, it's like, it sounds like an I Love Lucy thing where they had to sleep in separate beds. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think, I don't so think that's real. So maybe they can get drunk on television. I think Who that knows? might have been, like, that's well, one of those things that, like, your mom tells you to get you to stop doing something, like... It's obviously not true with reality shows because everyone gets hammered. And I just mentioned drunk history. So why would that be illegal? I was like, so you just gave all these examples of times that people have been drunk. And now you're asking if it's illegal. Now everyone's, no, now drunk history is going to be pulled off television because of me. Yes. Okay. This is a lot. One more long question. We've got a lot of other really cute ones. Let's do two more fast ones. Favorite Muppet? Oh my gosh. I love, is it Beaker? Where he goes, me, me. Yep. Yep. (laughs) I love Beaker. Beaker so much. I, I think so I got to go with Miss Piggy. She just is like so, yeah. such an icon, such a yeah. feminist icon. Somebody asked for, they want to hear you talk about Ted Lasso from a, the perspective of a therapist. So that mm, maybe is a be question another day. for another day. Yeah, I love Ted Lasso. I love Ted Lasso. But yes, another day I can do that. All right. This is the last one for the day. Seems like it seems like you both live such full lives. How do you prioritize fun over chores? Or are you secret productivity gurus? Uh, it's so funny this is where I'm like social media how do we portray that we have such fun lives you know I prioritize fun over chores one weird thing about me is I love to do chores at my house (laughs) it's very weird and so I'm constantly doing chores if I you could probably name a day and I did a chore that day so I don't I don't like save up chores and I also have four animals in my house. So I have to vacuum every single day or else our house is just overrun with hair. But prioritizing, I hmm, I do like to be productive, but I'm not like some, I, I don't feel like I have any other advantage as far as like getting a lot of stuff done. And I also try not to do like the hustle culture, but prioritizing fun over chores, I would say I try to do something every day that I'm like, I it feels good to me to knock things off of a to-do list. That doesn't mean I put 10 things on a to-do list and I'm like, every single one is done. But I I put things down that I'm like, I would like to get this done today. What's something I absolutely need to get done? And then what's something that would be like nice to get done? That is a personality thing I don't think is universal to everybody. And I don't think everyone is just the same with that. Like some people are just like, I don't really care about getting chores done every day. I'll just save it for the weekend. I don't have someone that like comes and cleans my house because I like to do it myself. And I just feel like... It kind of depends on the person. What about you? 
So I think an important thing with this question is understanding like the differences in our daily lives as a whole. Like last weekend, Brandon was out of town. My mom had the kids overnight because we had had gone had gone to a wedding the night before. And then Brandon left at like six in the morning. And I like woke up, I walked the dog, we recorded a podcast. And I was like, this is what Joy's life is like every single Saturday. <laughs> And I wasn't that I didn't have stuff to do, but it was like all the stuff that I wanted to do. Like I was, it, it, it wasn't, I didn't have to manage anyone else. And it just felt like so much freedom. And so I think there's a big difference, you know, when you think just about like, what do you have to work with? And so for me, prioritizing fun over chores, I can't really prioritize fun over chores because our house is small. So many people live here. We have to, like the house kind of has to stay clean. So I just don't really think about it as like, I guess I just don't really separate them that much. Like I'm sort of always cleaning and I'm sort of like, I have some non-negotiables. Like I have to clean the kitchen every night. The kitchen has to be clean every night before you go to bed. I have some things that I just don't care about, like putting laundry away. Sometimes doesn't happen for weeks at a time. That's sort of how I find that balance. And then the other thing is like trying to make little moments special throughout the day so that it doesn't feel like we have to go above and beyond to have fun. So like, you know, for Miles' breakfast this morning, he had chocolate cake for breakfast. Like, or, you know, if we're driving home, maybe we'll stop at Starbucks and get like a lemonade on the way home. Or, I mean, these are food examples, but like maybe like we'll just stop what we're doing, you know, in the middle of making dinner, we'll, I'll come up with a way to just do five minutes of like a little craft or we'll do peekaboo around the corner of the kitchen wall while I'm unloading the dishwasher, like little moments throughout the day where I can just spend two minutes doing something that feels fun while I'm still in the middle of doing my housework or the other stuff or my, or working, working. I think the other big thing to remember is like, I have a full-time childcare helper who lives in our house. And not to say that she works 24 seven, she definitely doesn't like she has her hours. And then she's really good about, you know, when she's not working, she's in her room or she's out of the house and we don't rely on her. You know, when we don't try to, we try very hard not to ask her to help when she's not like on the clock. But I think all those things are just important to like be upfront about that. Like we have a lot of resources that allow me to, you know, focus on fun because someone else is taking care of my kids during the day. (laughs) It kind of depends on what you clarify as fun, not to go down a rabbit hole, but I'm like, I don't do a, like outside world objectively looking at me. I don't know if people would think my life is that fun if they were to really follow me around for a day. <laughs> like, I mean, I walk my dogs and I kind of clean the house and I do some errands, but like right now I'm not working full time. So my life probably looks really fun and exciting because I'm outside a lot and I'm doing fun things and watching a lot of Netflix. And that's just not usually reality uh, for me. Granted, I have a lot of different things going on in my life, uh, but I think you're right. It kind of depends on where you are, but just Instagram isn't reality. That's that's also a thing. (laughs) All right. Actually, one last question that just came in because it's funny and quick, and then I'll kind of, I think, leave on a fun note. What would aid your survival in the apocalypse based on what is abundant in your house? (laughs) Oh, that's so great. (laughs) I have so many paper towels. I have... I mean, I can clean up like anything that spills, any hazardous materials, uh, blood, because I'm sure... Paper towels come to joy. Yeah. I mean, that's... You could just wrap yourself in it for warmth. I got a lot. Yeah. Come over. Come on over. Hey, paper towels are technically sterile. You could have like a yeah. surgery thing going on. Mm-hmm. What is abundant in my house? Um, stickers. Uh, we have a lot of stickers everywhere right now. So if you need a, a, a apocalypse sticker... I have a lot of earplugs. I don't know where they came from. I was I was finding I was finding I was looking for the pumpkin carving kit because I knew I had one, and I carved a pumpkin this past weekend. And I pulled out a huge bag of earplugs, just the disposable ones. No idea where they came from, but I have That's a ton hilarious. of them. If you need one, message me. I will send them to you in the mail. <laughs> if you need a pair, free of charge. <laughs> That's hysterical. I mean, we have a lot of food. Like we have a whole cow we get every year. It's a, we're about to come around the horn to get our next half cow. Normally that happens in November or December. We have, I mean, assuming that during the apocalypse, the power wouldn't go out. I really need to get a generator in case the power goes out. We don't lose all of our beef. Other than that though, kids craft supplies. I hope that those are going to come in handy during the apocalypse. Stickers, crafts. Great. Markers, crayons. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Well, thank you for joining that was us. Fun. That, was, that fun. was really fun. Thank you guys for the questions. And you can find us on Instagram at joy and Claire underscore. You can find us online, joyandclaire.com. You can email us. This is joyandclaire at gmail.com. Don't forget to check out our other two podcasts, 
On Your Marks, Get Set, Bake, which is our podcast covering the Great British Baking Show, and Girls Gone Wad, which is our podcast that gears more towards health and fitness. Please like, comment, share, tell your friends about us, leave us a comment on our Instagram. Just any way that you can help us spread the word about our podcast is super, super helpful. And we will talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.